Michigan State, 59. Those guys, 53. Yeah, that's a Michigan State victory. We talk about the stars of the game, what Michigan State did well to shut down that school down the road. And then also, hey, yeah, well, some football talk. Why not? Let's get you it. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, we we have a victory to talk about here today on this show. Thank you so much for joining us. But before we go any further, hey, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions. You got that right, Buster. They are apply. Speaking of jobs and speaking of putting that work in, uh, Michigan State got it done at Breslin Center. Was very fortunate to be at that game. You could probably hear it in my voice. That is already starting to crack. Less than 90 seconds into this show. My God, the next 25 minutes will be quite the roller coaster, but hey, hang with us here. We're going to talk about the stars to the game. Also, Michigan's stars to the game and what Michigan State did to limit the damage that they got done. And also, what does this mean for the rest of the season? Michigan State has this massive gauntlet coming up in basketball. And oh my God, what does that look like? And then, come on, we're, we're going to do a show without getting you out the door with some football talk at the end? No, you'd be out of your mind if you think we wouldn't do that. But let's get into Saturday afternoon's game, Michigan State 53, Michigan, uh, sorry, let's try that again, Michigan State 59, Michigan 53 for a Michigan State win for the sixth game in a row, and Tom Izzo said it best in his post-game press conference, that was old school Big Ten basketball, and it was ugly, it was not fun to watch, like if you're not a Michigan State fan, can't imagine you had a blast watching this game. Uh, that especially goes for Michigan fans because losing a game like that, oh man, that makes it even more miserable. And if you're just a neutral bystander, well, I'm sorry if you had to waste some of your afternoon watching that, but hey, for us Michigan State fans in the house, uh, that was desirable because anytime you beat those guys, come on, it's a, it's a great celebration, it's a good time, but oh my goodness, 59 to 53. Woo-wee. Uh, look, Michigan State did not play good at all offensively. Yes, there were some stars. We'll get to them in a little bit. But this was a defensive win. And, hey, like Izzo said it himself in the press conference, too. Uh, this was for Mel Tucker. And when he said that, what he meant by that is that this was a defensive battle. Mel Tucker, defensive coach. Football's a very rock-fighty game, just like this basketball game. Wasn't really hard to find context to that quote as to why Tom Izzo said that was for Mel Tucker, but that didn't stop fans from the school down the road from thinking that Tom Izzo dedicated this win to Mel Tucker because of the tunnel incident. I don't, I don't know. It, it didn't seem like a moment where they should take 10 seconds to look up context, but then again, they got that big football game on Monday to worry about at least I think they do. I don't know. I got a little fuzzy on New Year's Eve, so I, I think they, they were supposed to win that game. So I think they are playing Monday. That's probably what the fans are focused on instead of looking up context to Izzo's quote about Mel Tucker here. So let's talk about the actual game that happened on the Breslin Center Court on Saturday. Uh, let's look at Michigan's big three. Right, because this is what we talked about in the preview show. They got their big three of Hunter Dickinson, Jet Howard, Kobe Bufkin. You need to try to shut off those valves as much as you can to get a win because everywhere else is no threat, really. Uh, and that 
came true on Saturday. There was no other Michigan player other than the three I just named that had more than five points. Uh, now, for Hunter Dickinson, uh, look, there is no L in Hunter Dickinson, but there is one in lateral quickness, and that's why Michigan State was able to pull out that win. Exploiting him in the pick-and-roll game. Uh, some lazy rebounding efforts, and uh, also, well... That's why this guy is on his second last dance at Michigan, maybe second of three last dances, or however many last dances he wants to have before he plays in Sioux Falls for two years and then goes to Lithuania for a stretch, maybe some Turkish basketball in the mix. But however you slice it, uh, Hunter Dickinson, look, he had a fine game. No doubt about that. All uh, jokes aside, 18 points, uh, seven rebounds, which honestly, like, all things considered, that's a pretty good outing from Michigan State. Uh, that is a horrendous, horrendous matchup for the Michigan State Spartans. Hunter Dickinson, seven foot one. He's an automatic bucket sometimes if he's really feeling himself in the paint. And Michigan State, when it comes to big men, we, we know how thin of a situation that can be sometimes. So to hold him to just 18 points, seven rebounds, about his season average, yeah, you take that especially when you can close off everything off around him. And also, too, what really helped is making him non-existent in the first half as well. And that was some of Michigan State, no doubt about that. I mean, you can't um, just absolutely throw away their effort on defense. But also, didn't think that he played all too much in the first half. I don't know what was going on there, but that's not my problem. Uh, that seems like a Michigan problem. Uh, but yeah, 18.7 rebounds for Hunter Dickinson. Uh, and around him, too. Another X factor to this game, which was going to be a fascinating detail in this one, is how was Michigan State going to defend Jet Howard, six foot seven or six foot eight wing player? Um, they run a lot of their offense through the coach's son, no doubt about that. And look, he had a good start to the game, no doubt about that. Uh, he had that nice little crossover into the three point shot. I think it was a step back, uh, right in Malik Hall's face. Uh, uh oh, got it going early, but at the end of the day. 10 points, 3 of 8 shooting, and uh, yeah, anytime you can just keep the guy to 10 points, okay, that's going to help things, uh, and also Kobe Bufkin, good game on paper, 15 points, but 7 of those were on free throws, 4 of 11 shooting from the floor is the key stat for Michigan State right there. To say that he had 7 of those points on free throws is not throwing shade, I mean, God, that's what... Michigan State should be a lot better at is getting to the free throw line. Another game where they really struggle at that. But yeah, 15 points really limited what he can do on the floor. And that's how you get to a win with just 59 points. Now, like we said, hey, it wasn't a great offensive performance, but there were some out there that are worth noting. And there was a big three for Michigan State in this game too, just like there was a big three for Michigan as well. And uh, maybe the biggest of the three is uh, someone who Tom Izzo said that, well, we don't win that game without this player, and this player is Malik Hall. 23 minutes, 15 points, and this was a key to the game that we talked about before the weekend started is, well, how are you going to defend Jet Howard? Yeah, you can throw Hogard on him, you can throw Akins on him, but Malik Hall played a really good amount of defense on Jet Howard. But that was the big question mark going into the game is, ever since this foot injury that he's come back from, He's only played like in the low teens of minutes. He gave Michigan State 23 minutes on Saturday. Also tweaked his ankle in the first half as well. But yeah, 15 points, great defense on Jet Howard. And that was just a senior, senior performance there for Malik 
Paul. A.J. Hogard also, uh, he's probably the 1B player of the game. I would give him both to Malik Hall and A.J. Hogard right down the middle. Split the MVP like that. He had one turnover today. That's the first stat we're going to start with. One turnover for A.J. Hogard. That is his seventh straight game with two or less turnovers. Uh, and, oh, yeah, just, you know, 15 points, uh, six assists, four rebounds. And also, this is not in the box score at all. That moxie that he played with. Yes, that moxie that he played with. He played with some, oh, the nasty chip on his shoulder. You wouldn't guess this kid was from Pennsylvania with how personally he took this matchup between Michigan State and Michigan. You hear it before the basketball games. You really hear it a lot before the football games of just how much this means to the in-state kids. But how about the kid from Coatesville, Pennsylvania? Uh, he This game meant a lot to him. And you saw it. He was chippy. He was cocky. But you know what? When you have 15 points and 6 assists, in my book, you're allowed to be as cocky as you want to be because you back it up. Now, if you can't back it up, if you can't back it up, then a different story, but <laughs> our guy A.J. Hogard backed it up. And the last of the big three, we'll give it to Tyson Walker here. 14 points. Yes, it took him 12 shots to get there, but once again, his defense was fantastic. I mean, Tyson Walker, one of the best perimeter defense in the Big Ten, even for his limitation in size. The guy's only maybe six feet tall, six foot one. Okay, he, he matched up pretty well on some switches with Jet Howard, who stands at six seven six eight, and just his hands are so fast. He is just so disruptive. Um, so those are the three stars right there. Joey Hauser, yeah, tough game for him. And Izzo said this as well, and it looked like this being at the game. I couldn't tell if I was just going crazy, but. This game might have set a record for air balls uh, in a single game. And Hauser had his, I think he had two, maybe three. Three of 13 shooting from Hauser. But in that bad offensive game, still had 10 rebounds, no turnovers. And also, with less than two minutes left, had that great putback to put Michigan State up seven points with two minutes ago, all but closing out the game. Jaden Akins, six points, nothing crazy offensively. Uh, but hey, again, solid perimeter defense. And the solid perimeter defense that you got from Akins, Walker, Hogard, Hall at times. Okay, that's why Michigan goes 3 of 20. Ugh, Jesus. From three-point land. So, and of course, Izzo credited Carson Cooper, Jackson Kohler, Monty Sissoko for giving everything they could in the paint. It was a tough assignment. Look, uh, Hunter's a good college player. No doubt about that. He's very tall. Okay, stopping anyone that's over seven feet tall, especially a guy in his third year of college. That much experience. That's tough, but hey, you know what? If you told me when I woke up Saturday morning that Hunter is going to have 18.7 rebounds, where do I sign? Okay, that sounds like a, a recipe to victory, and it was on Saturday. We will be talking about a little more about this game here, and also just the future of this month, because it is a crazy month ahead for Michigan State. But first, I need to talk your ear off about bet. No, no, I'm sorry. No, LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs. Getting ahead of my skis there. Excuse me. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you, yes, you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools, and they go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. There is no doubt, no question, why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires as leading competitors. So what are you waiting for? 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, so post your job for free. That's a nice voice crack. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions. That's right. They apply. And as we start the second segment here, and if you skip through that ad read, you... <laughs> You missed one heck of a voice crack. We'll see what we got here in the next two segments. Hopefully it's something good. Uh, but, oh, man, what a lot of fun at Breslin Center that was. Uh, loved the touch of the rally towels, not just where the wealthy people sit in the lower bowl, but also us plebeians in the upper bowl also got a rally towel as well. So shout out to MSU Marketing or whoever sets that up at Breslin Center. Uh, God, always a great time going to Breslin Center, even when you get a nice little free towel on the way out. Uh, so what does this win mean for Michigan State here six wins in a row yeah that's self-explanatory it means that vibes are probably pretty good uh you know that's that's great because things were looking a little kind of sort of rocky going into that non-conference slate that you had in December you got absolutely walloped by Notre Dame and then you just lost a bad home game to Northwestern but yeah okay you're back on the right side of six wins in a row and more importantly hey that's right, the guy we just talked about last segment, Malik Hall, is back. And he is back and clicking with this team. Uh, just three games so far back from his foot injury, but two double-digit scoring outings in those games. Yes, he did have that one right before the Nebraska game against Buffalo. Nebraska was, eh, didn't really play a lot, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely was a reason Michigan State won today. We talked about his 15 points today, but we also talked a lot about his defense and it's not just in this game against Michigan where you saw Malik Hall's impact on defense, but also this three games that he's back. And let's look at Michigan State's defensive efficiency really quick. Before he returned and after he returned. And defensive efficiency, for those who don't know, is the amount of points a team would allow per 100 possessions. That's right. Average is about 102, just to give you a, a nice footing of what we're looking at right here. So, Michigan State played eight games without Malik Hall, and five of those games, the adjusted defensive efficiency was above 100. That's right. Michigan State really struggled defensively without Malik Hall. And, of course, some of that, too, was without Jaden Akins. Uh, there was a handful of those games that happened in uh, Oregon in the PK-85 tournament. And the three that did not go above 100 were the Penn State Brown and Oakland game. So games before Malik Hall got back, but also to Brown and Oakland, not necessarily the most uh, ferocious opponents to say the least. But since his return, look, against Buffalo, the defensive efficiency was 94. Okay, still below 100. Against Nebraska, 87, still below 100. And then this Michigan game here, 73 on the defensive efficiency. Right now, Michigan State is 51st in the country with defensive efficiency however just eighth in the big 10 and that checks off uh, a big box of cliche there for the big 10 it's always a tough gritty conference and okay th this is the same michigan state just outside the top 50 in defensive efficiency still not good enough to be in the upper half of the big 10 but it is improving with malik hall and of course Jaden aiken's return as well since the pk 85 so Hopefully this is something that Michigan State can keep building on. And because, uh, man, they just missed the legs of Malik Hall, Jaden Akins, because those are two guys that can defend. Well, the perimeter, both of them especially. But Malik Hall a little bit inside, too. So welcome back, Malik Hall. Uh, your return has just been tremendous. So thank you. Let's keep this going here. Uh, now let's look at what this game meant 
for Michigan State's tournament pro sorry tournament prospects. Uh, before the game, before the game, Joe Lenardi, you may know him, ESPN, he does the bracketology. Uh, he had Michigan State as the first nine seed in the tournament, and that was before the win on Saturday. So it'd only go off from there, maybe eight seed. I doubt it'd be a seven seed after that win because Michigan isn't that good of a team. They're not a resume team. That's not even me throwing shade. <laughs> That's just me being completely honest because Joe Lenardi, hey, let's talk about what it means for that school down the road too. We, we just beat them. We could talk about them with no shame. Joe Lenardi has Michigan as the, let's see, let's squint here. What does that note say? The 14th team out of the tournament. <laughs> I don't even know if that's hosting an NIT game at this point. Uh, yeah, so that's how far back Michigan is right now. Now, Bart Torvik, you hear us reference this website all the time here. They do all the simulations. It's very computer-based, all that fun stuff. Right now, after the win, Michigan State is a 10 seed in the tournament, and Michigan is the 25th team out of the tournament according to Bart Torvik which like oh you just hate to see it oh that makes me sick that's great uh all right now why am I harping on this why am I harping on this in the first week of January like a crazy person the, the tournament doesn't start until March uh well okay we, we got some bad news here um Kentucky just might suck Kentucky might just not be a good team at all actually. And how is that even possible with all the great talent they get? They are older this year. They have transfers that are experienced. They have this guy by the name of Oscar Shibwe, who was the national player of the year last year. How can Kentucky be this horrible? But yeah, as, as the weeks go on, that win in the Champions Classic against Kentucky doesn't have the shine that we thought it would when it's tournament time, resume building time. And so right now on the season, Michigan State just has two quad one wins. That Kentucky game, and then the Penn State game. The road win at Penn State. And they also have, unfortunately, a quad three loss because, oh my god, Notre Dame stinks out loud. They are horrible. Uh, so yeah, losing to them by about 80 points. Does not look good on the resume. But still, hey, the, the, the human in Joel Lenardi has Michigan State squarely in the tournament. Bart Torvik, a little more wonky on Michigan State. They're the 10th seed. But let's look at what is coming up for Michigan State. Tom Izzo, uh, I, this is not a verbatim quote. Um, he's, he basically said the rest of this month is ridiculous. Um, that he will go home Saturday. He will enjoy this win. But, oh, my God, not a lot of time for celebrating because the rest of the month is banana land. Uh, not his words, those, those are my words, but I'm sure you will agree with calling this banana land here because, all right, buckle, <laughs> buckle up, get a pen out, take some notes if you don't already know the schedule. We're going to go through it really quick. Tuesday, away at Wisconsin. Friday, okay, away at Illinois. Martin Luther King Day on Monday, home against Purdue. And then three days later, you got to uh, play Rutgers at home. And then three days after that, you're going to Indiana. And then four days after that, home against Iowa. And then three days after that, away in West Lafayette at Purdue. That's four away games, three home games. That is seven games in less than 20 days. And oh yeah. Six of those seven games are against opponents that would be quad one opponents. And that seventh game is the home game against Iowa. Iowa is atrocious this year. Again, hate to see it. Uh, but yeah, so uh, four away games, three home games, all in less than 20 days. And the first five of those games in the seven-game stretch coming up, 
have just two full days of rest between them. So, yes, hopefully Michigan State is great in the cardio department, the rehab department, the recovery department, every single department that you need because this is a – you talk about the gauntlet. I don't know what's harder in this gauntlet, just the, the stretch of five straight games where you only have two days of rest or the teams that you're actually playing – in those games, because let's go back to Bart Torvik right now. You know, they crunch the numbers. Uh, okay, what's your percentage of winning? What will the spread be, perhaps? Okay, well, Wisconsin, Bart Torvik gives you a 40% chance of winning, okay? Illinois, 35% chance of winning. Purdue at home, 38% chance of winning. The home game against Rutgers, just a 43% chance of winning. The Indiana game, that's right, in Bloomington, just a 29% chance of winning. Hey, Homer's Iowa, 69% chance of winning. That is nice. We will take that. And then in West Lafayette, just a 16% chance of winning. So the computers have you just winning one of those seven games. Now, with that said, that's not my expectation. I highly doubt it's your expectation right now because of those six games Michigan State is projected to lose per the computers. Okay, four of them are of spreads of less than four points. All right, Wisconsin favored by two. Illinois favored by three and a half. Purdue, two and a half. Rutgers, just one and a half. So if you could find a way to go four and three in this gauntlet, that would be marvelous. Um, I might even be able to digest three and four. Now, you know, catch me in the moment when it actually happens. Maybe I'm not that chipper about that prospect. But yeah, it, it's going to be a tough stretch here. It's going to be a really tough stretch here. Long are the days of Michigan State playing Oakland and Buffalo. Just those two teams in a 21-day span. No, it's uh, it's it's big boy time. And luckily, Michigan State has been playing big boy basketball with a six-point or six-point a six-game winning streak. So, good luck, everyone. Um, hey, I gotta say though, seven games in 20 days. That's great for content here. Unlocked on Spartans, but uh, for the legs of the players that are playing 30 minutes a night. Uh, their muscles are probably screaming right now just looking at that schedule. So good luck, everyone, here. Uh, we're going to get just a little bit of football talk here. Out the door, we have a transfer. We also have some exciting recruiting news, all that good stuff. But first, need to talk your ear off about Bet Online. If you're listening early Sunday and join this win, hey, go throw a few shekels on the NFL wagering. Uh, or also, too, hey, if you're listening on Monday, that's right, Bet Online already has the props, lines, and everything you need for Wild Card Weekend. Bet Online is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every if I could talk, every professional and amateur league out there. That's right, nailed it. Uh, from pro football to college bowl season. Oh, that's right, the last game left in college bowl season. I'm sure it's Georgia versus Michigan. Again, very fuzzy New Year's Eve. I can't imagine TCU won that game. But if they did, hypothetically, go wager. A few shekels on them. Go with the Horned Frogs if uh, you're feeling that good. And do it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I would fetch a guess that you do if you're listening to this right now, they got more of those at Bet Online as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your sports betting action. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action. That is at Bet Online where the game starts. And let's talk that football. Here for the third segment here. And th this, this was not news that uh, I, I really expected. Maybe uh, maybe I shouldn't be as surprised as I am. But Jeff Petrowski, that's right, defensive end, hits the transfer portal. Uh, that's the second time this week that uh, transfers hit the portal. I was just maybe a little surprised about. Eli Collins 
little bit of a surprise. We talked about that on Friday. If you want more of my thoughts on that and maybe why it shouldn't have been a surprise, but Jeff Petrowski, uh, he is looking for better things here as he heads into the transfer portal in 2021. Great season for him. Uh, five and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. Um, came into the year as the starting defensive end, opposite of Chris Bogle, but missed most of the game or missed most of the season this year, unfortunately, uh, due to injury, of course. And I think it was just three games that he played in. It was that first game, Western Michigan, and then Akron. And I think he showed up a little bit in the Maryland game, but yeah, not the season that he was looking for. Very hampered by injuries and. Now he's looking to find another spot because, look, also Michigan State, look, I, I, this is not a good riddance thing. I, absolutely not. Like, I, I, I thought Petrowski was a, a fine player here, really was a fan of his. But, look, this is kind of a stacked room, right? I mean, you have Chris Bogle that kind of hinted at his return over the weekend. I'm not sure if his tweet was an official, hey, I'm back, everyone. Um, and then you have uh, Tumiche Adeleye, the guy that we've talked all up and down about this month, the former top 40 recruit from Texas A&M. He could play edge as well. And then you got Avery Dunn, who showed a lot of good things at the end of last year. You have young guys like, well, Zion Young, Chase Wright, uh, an experienced guy in Brandon Wright, who is about to go into his 12th year of college. Uh, Ken Talley, whatever they do with him, whether it's going to be linebacker, inside, or outside, you know, that's the former four-star Penn State commit that transferred to Michigan State before even playing in Happy Valley. So you got something with him. And, oh, yeah, well, how about that recruiting class you just signed with Andrew DePape, by Job, and then Jalen Thompson as well. So, look, I, it's it, it's tough to see a player this good go. A guy that's proven himself in 2021 that he can wreck shop in the pass-rushing game. But then you look like, who else is there? It's like, okay, that makes it a little easier of a blow to swallow, right? I mean, so that's the kind of way I look at it. Um, no, this this isn't, uh, hey, yeah, you should be happy he's gone. I'm not, but look, I, they're going to be okay, I think. They, they should be. They should be. Um, So, here you have it. This brings the scholarship count down to 81, I believe. Uh, I talked about this with Justin Thin before the weekend. Where's the scholarship count at right now? Right now, it's probably at 81. There are some transfers that may or may not be a preferred walk-on. So it might be 82. Uh, but anyway, anyway, you slice it, 81 or 82, they just have a small handful of those slots left that they can use on high school players, like four-star offensive tackle from Maryland, Chimdi Ono. Talked about him a little bit before the weekend. But yes, four-star offensive tackle, Chimdi Ono, former Old Dominion commit, blew up his senior year, looking for better things visiting East Lansing not this upcoming weekend but a little before or a little after that so keep your eyes peeled on that or also hey keep your eyes peeled on this as well you can also get transfers with these open scholarship slots and Andrell Anthony that's right Andrell Anthony we talked about we burnt a whole segment on this kid on Friday of hey yeah he's transferring from Michigan Michigan State was hot after him he picked Michigan in the end. Do we want to see him come to Michigan State? And I'm not going to do the whole seven-minute segment again, but my short answer was I don't see why. Uh, he didn't really do a lot at Michigan. I know what happened in 2021 is seared into our memories. He had about a squirrelian yards and two touchdowns. The rest of his career at Michigan was not like that at all. So I don't really necessarily see why. But uh-oh. It doesn't matter what I think. 
I'm just a clown with a microphone. Uh, there is a coaching staff that actually has say in what happens here, and they offered Andrell Anthony probably no more than 20 minutes after I published that podcast. So, yeah, they are going after Andrell Anthony, the East Lansing prospect, as you know, from Michigan State's backyard. But Michigan State is hardly the only team after this kid. He's got a good list of uh, you know Power 5 offers. Notre Dame. Okay, UCLA is after him. Oklahoma offered him. I'm sure there's a smattering of others, but just to give you an idea, this isn't an automatic thing that Michigan State's going to land Andrell Anthony because a lot of heavy hitters are after him, and clearly a lot of heavy hitters see a lot that I didn't. So if he comes to Michigan State, I mean, let's not get it twisted. I I will 100% talk myself into this being a great thing. No doubt about that. I could spin myself in anything, but as it stands right now, like if he goes to... Notre Dame or if he goes to Oklahoma like okay I be very hard pressed to lose a minute of sleep off that but that's neither here nor there and uh, just to get you out the door with some good news Sam Levitt that's right the four-star quarterback commit for Michigan State's 2023 class he is a Gatorade player of the year for his state that's right up in the northwest portion of the country look at you go sam levitt uh yeah so yeah i mean obviously blew up his um excuse me senior year washington state commit okay uh michigan state was one of the early teams that were on him and as his recruitment kept blowing up uh so did his rating and obviously the gatorade national player of the year committee saw that and awarded him well, I, I guess I should say the state. Um, Oregon's <laughs> the Gatorade Player of the Year. Sorry, I got that lost in my notes there. What a way to land the plane on this podcast. Just not, just stumbling to the finish line here of Sam Levitt winning Gatorade National Player of the Year for the state of Oregon. So yeah, look at you, Michigan State. We're we're getting another good one. That's right, back to back years with four star quarterbacks. We feel pretty good about. So there you have it. What a sandwich we made here. We started with the Michigan-Michigan State game, which Michigan State won in case you forgot. And then, hey, the other side of that sandwich, Gatorade Player of the Year coming to East Lansing. So there you have it, folks. Hey, we're going to be back tomorrow. Or if you're watching YouTube, we will be back Monday. And we're going to break down this Wisconsin versus Michigan State game. Any other breaking news that happens, you know where to find it. Locked on Spartans. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with us here. And, hey, go enjoy that win Let's go green. Love you all. Woo! Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.